I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Welcome to Oops! The Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Ellis. I'm joined by Julio Gallarotti. How are you, Julio? What's up, man? Good to see you. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Shout out to all our listeners. We love you all. That's it. Thank you for rocking out with us. We're, um, uh, we're taking the... deep dives into our lives and into yours. That's it. Lovely. I shouldn't have stepped on your toes there. With that nice thought you had. That's no, okay, Francis. We're uh, we're diving right in. Boy, height of summer. Back half of July. It's uh, back nine. It's a battle, man. Dude, it's so hot, and it's like I feel like hurricanes coming early this year. I mean, I was talking to one of our listeners who's from St. Petersburg, and apparently, like. It didn't get bad. This was an interesting insight. He's like, yeah, we like it when it's category whatever it was there because we all get work off, but it's not bad. Interesting. So so we all like party and have a great time and don't huh. worry about our shit getting fucked up. I was like, that's pretty crazy. Damn. Um, but it's humid as fuck up here. It's like 80% humidity. I was reading about humidity because sometimes I look at my app and I'm like, oh, it's only 50% humidity. And then I go outside and that's a lot of humidity. Mm. And apparently 50% and above is a lot of humidity. Okay. Today it's 81% humidity. It's humid that's as really shit. bad. It's like jungle weather, dude. That's bad, Julio. It's Julio, bad, you know something? <laughs> I went to Los Angeles. Oh, dude. I'm, I'm excited. So as you guys know, Francis and I sometimes won't tell each other stuff because we wait to do it here. So I knew Francis was in LA. I knew why, but I have no details. I... Everyone talks about the weather in LA as the big the big sell. differentiator between there and New York. And I I always assumed they were referring to how nice it is during the winter there where we are enduring months and months of cold and dark and mm-hmm. cloud and overcast weather. The real difference in my opinion between LA's weather and here is that their summers are incredibly temperate. Yeah. It's right. very mild. And it's dry. It's dry. It's mild. It was 78 degrees and dry. And near the beach, you had a good beach breeze down in Venice. It was comfortable. Totally, dude. And even when it gets really hot, it's still not as bad as our really hot. No. Because it's all fucking... So I, I liked that aspect of it. Um my time out there was i was there for five days i i have to tell you the thing that people in new york say about people in la is i hate the people Mm -hmm. and that's too easy Mm -hmm. you can't just say that you can't just say i hate the people from a certain place isn't that racism not racism but something is it's it's <laughs> anti-culturalism if it's, i just said to you right now i hate everybody in japan that would be, you'd be canceled i'd be in trouble you'd be in trouble. so then why am i allowed to say i hate the people in la the people in la everyone hates the people right it's funny that that's sort of like a socially acceptable thing to say well it's because we're not talking about specific races right la right. is comprised of many multi- yeah so i guess i guess you're allowed to discriminate Against an, a, a wide range of people at once. Yes. Just not specifically calling out one of them. That's right. <laughs> and let me tell you something. People say this about Los Angeles all the time, right? And it, and it always seemed too easy to me. It was too... That's just a, that's just a write-off. That's a right. blanket, thoughtless... We have friends in LA. You we know, do. So you can't say I hate all the people in LA. Mind-blowing. You drive down you know, Santa Monica Boulevard and the amount of people at lunch all the time lunch you're like does anybody work lunch is it's a religious holiday <laughs> every day lunch it's all like day long people what eating you outside. in spain about the siesta well dude that's i think it's not uncommon for like places with really nice weather to like not have a very ambitious population i mean even in europe like you know these countries that are have nicer weather are known for being less productive i always thought that like was the northern european countries socialism I mean, maybe, but all of Europe, all of Europe has that. But like, you know, Spain and Greece versus Germany and England type of thing, type of discussion. I mean, I don't yeah. know. People, and I'm not saying this, but people do note that the weather is more favorable 
yeah. in some of these places. So I wonder how much that contributes. You're right. You know, they go to Hawaii all the time in LA. Everyone is always sense. going to Hawaii. Makes sense. They just that's their Miami. Hawaii. Have you been to Hawaii once? Yeah. Incredible. Same. Blew I mean, my mind. Incredible. The fact that that's a state makes no sense to me. It's nuts. It's nuts. That's heaven on earth. It's amazing. And it's a state. It's dude. It's pretty sick. I mean, I'm glad to have them, but <laughs> it's crazy. How far holy away it smokes! Is. That place is amazing. <laughs> well, dude, I want to hear more about your your gig. Yeah. Okay. I so so so. That, by the way. Everything I just said, the 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 gig that I went and did was an exception because, the, first of all, the people at this gig were not from L.A. Mm-hmm. They were from Northern California, I guess, mid-coast California, places like Monterey and mm. Monterey and uh, I don't know where else. But they're from all over the place. And I went out to perform at a rehearsal dinner for a wedding. Which for, for those of you who don't know about this, these are the sort of gig. These are like the massive wild card gigs of being a comedian. Total wild private card. gigs. You have no fucking idea what you're getting yourself into. Most of the time, you know, it's not set up that well for comedy. So you're you're battling some sort of element, and lots of times it ends up being great. Sometimes it doesn't. But I just wanted to preface with that so people understand the significance of how random this is. The odds of something going really wrong and and really not going well. At, are are much higher much at higher. a private gig than they are at a comedy club. Totally. Or even a bar show. Any kind of any show. Any kind of show that's a show. Any show versus <laughs> a private gig. Totally. Dude. Um so you're absolutely spot on with that. This was uh I was a surprise hired by the best man who is one of my favorite people. Absolutely amazing guy. Do you know him personally or I did a little bit prior to this. We got to know each other better through this but our professional lives had intertwined in the past okay cool um and he's a very successful guy awesome guy and the groom to be is a friend of yours or not a fan of yours a fan yeah and so they were so excited for this wedding in this party yeah it was it was a throwback it's so fun these people were amazing they were having the time of their lives they were so up for it everybody was so up for it and so (laughs) that's great that created a very conducive atmosphere for me to come in and perform it's fantastic uh they were eager they were they were not nobody was like "Mm, we got to get home early or we got kids everyone had taken care of everything they needed to care yeah take care of so that they could just be in this moment and celebrate these people they loved amazing it was amazing um so first of all the the venue it was in montecito california which is like you ever been there gorgeous place ever apparently i've been here i've heard about it what from some of the fanciest people is i know this place it's like hawaii dude <laughs> i've been here i've only heard about it from like the richest people i know it is so nice dude, i'm sure it's crazy i've heard it you know you drive from la it's it's about two hours it's just south of santa barbara i thought i was going to santa barbara but it turns out it was montecito which is the neighboring town and you, you you drive out along you know through through those like weird dry hills in yeah, LA yeah the shrubbery you think one if one match got thrown out of a window oh, yeah. hundreds of miles around here would go up in flames yeah and there's no trees or anything it's just weird you know fescue yeah and dried <laughs> hills fescue that's it. What the and fuck is fescue? Fescue's a well, it's a it's a shrub I know from golf. Okay. Um, okay. it's long grass. Okay. Okay. But uh, it's dry. Yes. And and typically almost looks like hay. Right. So I'm driving out through the hay, <laughs> and all of a sudden you get to the coast, and then you turn north, and as soon as you get to the coast, it's it's breathtaking. Yeah. One o one o one, the Dude, famous right. road yeah. up the California coast. And you drive along that for, I don't know, 40 minutes well, or so. It, isn't it Highway 1? It might be. It might, be, might think, even be the same thing. Yeah. I don't Route know. 1? It's, it's okay. Well, makes sense. Good. Whatever it may be, um, I drove that last half hour to Montecito. And Montecito is, I mean, it's like a, a commune built for anyone who survived the <laughs> asteroid. It's, it's, it's a, a settled finished place right and 
everyone's happy. The, the sun is beaming. You're right on the water. And there's Life just a good. lot of fun stuff to do. The food, the produce, everything's immaculate. People are healthy as hell. I know. Everyone at this party was so attractive. Really? And they were in their 40s. And they, they looked, looked younger great. than me. Wow. Wow. They looked amazing. So I get called up. I'm nervous. Uh, I'm, I'm hiding in the so, hotel. So, yeah. So that was going to be my question. You didn't mingle before. No. You, you really honestly can't. No. There's something about mingling before that sort of like sets this weird tone that you're like not the performer. Like, right. I, I don't know. It just like give, it gives people too much of like a lens to judge yeah, you yeah. or something. You can't really break I was smart. that uh, sort of separation until yes. after. Yes. Totally. So I, I, the whole thing's a surprise, right? And the idea was that I would kind of walk on my fir the first, I don't know, glimpse of me would be me taking the microphone. Right. That's how I saw it. And so I'm hiding in the hotel. The bar is, is, is down towards the water. It's overlooking the water. And you're on the beach. Sick. And Very sick. The guy tells me, okay, come now. Like, go. But I get there, and then the couple had gone, had, had, like, had left for a minute. So then I had to kind of hang out and, and, and keep a low profile almost. Because people were like, is that that dude from that thing? This and, is the guy from tonight. Yeah. And, and then and they're like, something's up. This is weird. And so finally the couple comes back. I get introduced, brought on stage. Uh, and I guess brought on stage. I, I just took over one of the microphones from one of the musicians who had right. been performing. And people loosely gathered around. And did you have an actual stage? No. Okay. But I'm, people loosely gathered around. They weren't really sure what was going on. And this is why we say these gigs can go poorly, is that when people don't know that they're about to receive a comedy show, sometimes they don't want that. Right. If you're having a good night, you're talking to someone, you're, maybe you're, you're vibing with a, a, a woman or you're flirting... And, and you've got a mission and you're in the zone. And then all of a sudden, a, a weird, unwanted performer breaks right. out and, and demands everyone's attention. Yeah. That's not that welcome. That sucks. <laughs> but fortunately, everyone was cool. They kind of loosely gathered around, created a bit of a conch shell <laughs> assembly. So they were standing? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Nobody was at a big... I thought it was going to be a big table like, of right. dinner. That's what I was thinking, too, like cabaret style. By the time I arrived, everyone was oh wow disparate. They were all, all over the place. And how long were you expected to do? How long did you do? I think the, the idea was loosely half an hour, but I knew in my mind that that was probably too long. Okay. And so I ended up starting with about 10 minutes of jokes, and then I did a little bit of crowd work, and then I transitioned into the roast of the groom. That's a smart way to do it. It's well, hard to go from roast to jokes. You yeah. got to build to the roast because that's the main event. I basically open for myself. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I pull out these note cards. I, I had written my roast jokes down on index cards. And I start going through these. And instantly the whole energy of the place picked up. Awesome. Uh, we hit a different gear. Yeah. Because now it was personal, and now it was about the guy, and you know this is what they came for, I guess. And it it did really well. It it, it crushed. We had some really good jokes. I I had two of my comedy buddies, you know, Matt Broussard and uh, J P McDade, who who have a lot of roast writing history, just sort of brainstorm a couple jokes with me, and we it, it went great. And then I kind of said, okay, that's it. Thank you, whatever. People clapped. And then I spent the rest of the evening with these people. Oh, that's great. That's and, you know, I'm wearing a coat and everyone's dressed well. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to all these incredibly gorgeous people, <laughs> having the time of, our, of their lives. Eventually, that outdoor bar called Last Call, and the only bar left was the indoor bar in the hotel. So we all walked back across this big green, I don't know, lawn into the hotel and they had a, a pianist and like a jazz singer mm -hmm. singing. And it was really swanky and his cool. beautiful dark wood and all of that. At some point, the guy who hired me comes up and he's like, 
you gotta play one of your songs oh man and i'm like <laughs> dude that is not a good idea and he goes trust me trust me it'll go well and i'm like first of all there's probably an, an, another 20 to 30 people now in this hotel bar who were not part of that wedding right, party. Right, right. So they don't know who we are. They don't know that I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. And they have no interest in my mind in, in, in deviating from this, these, the dulcet tones of this smoky jazz singer and, and switching into the janky piano stylings of a middling comedian. I feel like you, it probably went really well, is my guess. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so the other part is I had had about six margaritas, right, right, because everyone was just you know You're handing them to me. You're cooking, baby. And so at this point, I'm like, look, I, I've done this before. It doesn't go well. Nobody, nobody wants this now. I'm a little drunk. I don't know if I can do this. Yada yada. And he kind of backed off, but then got you know pushed it again and then he started he started greasing the pianist so to get them to stop <laughs> like handing him hundreds being oh like my god i don't like can you sit sit out for a minute handing him hundreds. and the guy's like ah and then he handed him another and the guy's like so so finally the, the <laughs> pianist and the singer clear off the pianist went and bought a house yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and i sit down and and then the guy grabs the mic again and he's like uh you know gather around we have another treat or something and everyone else in the bar is like what, what the fuck did you have a good song ready to go did you have to like think about it for a second the only song that i've played enough times that i felt confident i could kind of autopilot it mm. home was if Harvey Weinstein had been gay. Oh, right, right. <laughs> which is so offensive. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you and know, there it's are close non, to home too. Like, and there, yeah, exactly. And there are non-members yeah. of the wedding party there who don't know who I am, don't mm-hmm. know anything about me, you know? And I'm like, all right, this is, this is all I can do. My mm-hmm. other songs are too complicated mm-hmm. for me to play drunk. Right. So I sit down, the, the, the jazz singer, instead of putting the microphone in a, in a mic arm, just holds it in front of my face. <laughs> and he's not really paying attention. So I'm not playing. So you're like trying to like Dude, he's catch He's pulling the mic. it slowly away. He's kind of like <laughs> leaning away from me and I'm leaning forward and like uh, chasing the microphone. And now I'm at an incredibly uncomfortable angle. I'm barely holding on. <laughs> And somehow I finished out the song. I think I, I jumped a verse on purpose just to get to the get it home and finished. Dude, crushed. Oh, amazing. The whole bar got into it. I love it. Every single person there was on board. And Not surprised. it was one of those weird things where it's like you see it in a movie where uh, I, I don't really know how to describe it. Like hid, a hidden talent, right? Yeah. So I, I, one time I pitched shows to, I think True TV was like looking for hidden talent shows, like mm. unexpected, this whole phenomenon that you see on Amer- America's Got Talent, yeah. where it's like they bring up this goofy looking dude. And then he's great. And then yeah. he turns out to be exceptionally he talented. Like Susan Boyle. Yeah, that's what everyone loves. Everyone wants right? that. And so here I felt like out of nowhere, this sort of hesitant, uh, not not wanting to do it, uh obliging guy who's part of a wedding party sits down and plays a song that i played in my special right you know what i mean and and nobody's expecting this and i'm not going to give myself credit for being like it's not you know it's not bo burnham or anything like that but it was it was good enough that like people were really surprised dude and honestly in that setting like i find that people always really appreciate when whoever's playing the music has a very good sense of humor and this is like a heightened version of that yeah you know yeah and and then the, they didn't see it coming like they didn't right. realize it was going to be a funny song the and, people who didn't know. and you know who was the most surprised <laughs> the pianist and the jazz singer <laughs> they, they were it? they were like they were like oh my god For, the pianist was like well this guy can actually play because yeah. he thought I was about to just come on and like disgrace his Play piano. Play hot cross buns or, or like Piano Man by Billy yeah. Joel. Yeah. 
they thought this was like we're gonna let this moron dude that's since, the one and we, we paid enough <laughs> yeah i'll let i'll let this idiot oh, the piano man come in and do his dumb shit dude that's great and instead so then afterwards they were like wow i mean i don't know how to follow that and then everyone else was like play another one and i was like mm-mm no, that's it let's no. end while we're ahead totally and i did and then had a great time hanging out with these people and then uh walked back to my hotel in montecito and i, I guess i was only i was a mile away but i walked home on, on cloud nine it's great and i felt great good these people were awesome they're so successful they're so smart i was so impressed by these people how many people were at the at the party like 40 or okay. 40 or 50 solid and everyone was so happy and uh i wanted kind of what what they had yeah well hopefully you listen man this is a tough grind and this is the type the type of grind that if, you know it can get under your skin and it can kill you and i think that's why it's really important <laughs> that you start shopping for a life insurance policy pal our is friends so? <laughs> our friends over at policy genius policy genius peddling a great product it's a marketplace uh where you can shop through and find the right insurance policy for you, life insurance policy. And uh, the, the people working at Policy Genius are working for you, not for the insurance company. So they are trying to find you the best rate and you can end up saving yourself a ton of money. That's it. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using policy genius to compare policies a lot of cash lots of cash yes and dude it's tough out here man you that's know it. you never know when your day's coming that's it you gotta be ready <laughs> you gotta you gotta set those up close to you to receive something for your loved ones upon your untimely demise so head to policygenius.com to get started right now policy genius when it comes to insurance it's nice to get it right well read dude well read well speaking uh you know of untimely demises i went to a memorial service for my uncle the one oh. we'd, we'd spoken about this briefly yeah he left me uh a car a car and sorry a i th this was a good opportunity to pivot into this topic and we can go back to your la stuff I no i don't want to talk i don't want to cut LA you anymore. off Fuck um, LA. <laughs> um but dude so i was trying to figure out what the dress situation was going to be like a because mind you hillary was meeting all of my extended family for the first time She'd never met my cousins, some of my aunts and uncles. Like she was meeting everybody for, for the first time. So I wanted to make sure she dressed in a way that she felt comfortable. But also I wanted to know what to wear. I know that my family can kind of lean towards more casual. So I'm trying to figure out what the dress is going to be. So I text my dad. I'm like, do you know what the dress code is? Because I didn't want to text my cousins and have them be like, are you fucking serious? Like wear a suit. Like what do you mean? Right. Or what do you wear? Right. Which they wouldn't have done, I learned later. But anyway, so I text my dad. And I'm like, what should I wear? And he goes, comfortable. Oh no! And I'm like, that is very vague to me. Comfortable is slippers and you know a robe and a plover robe, dude. Yeah, literally, like a robe. And so that's not helpful. So I text my brother and I say, "Do you know what the dress code is?" And he says, "Business casual," which very is not different from comfortable. Which is not comfortable. But I'm also like, okay, maybe they mean like comfortable because normally you dress form more formally to something like this, and business casual is like dressing formally but without the tie. So I'm going to dress that way. Mm -hmm. So I wore a suit jacket. I wore a suit, no tie. And I show up to the wedding or to the wedding. Jeez. I show up to the memorial service and everyone is dressed. I don't know if I'd call it comfortable, but they are not dressed in, in business casual. They are dressed in like Thanksgiving attire. <laughs> Sweaters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though? And chinos. Like everybody looked nice. Everyone was like, you know, people wearing polo shirts or people were wearing <laughs> but like nobody was wearing so now i just look like this fucking city slicker who's like trying to prove something you're an oil you're an oil baron dude, dude, I'm guy came to a small town he shows up the funeral to pay his respects but everyone knows he's there to just drill wells in their backyards <laughs> dude, I'm just, that's funny i'm making small talk and people are like so where are you from and i'm like the city and i'm wearing this fucking jacket and this suit i feel like such an idiot dude so my brother then shows up wearing like a wool plaid button down yeah. and slacks i'm like this is business casual to you i'm like dude you look like a fucking teaching assistant <laughs> and he's like oh he's like i meant business casual for our family i'm like what like how was i supposed to interpret that <laughs> so i text my cousin i tell my cousins my cousins are like dude you should have texted us i'm like god damn when in doubt you just gotta fucking ask yeah 
Well, you did. I know. But you asked the wrong people. I asked the wrong people. You need to go outside the family. But it was funny. It ended up being a funny thing. Like, it wasn't a big deal, but it was funny to like kind of yeah. talk to my brother about it. He thought it was hilarious. Being uh, overdressed for a funeral is funny, dude. It is a funny thing. And I even told Hillary, I'm like, you don't need to like wear all black and like wear a veil or whatever. Because like some people actually do that. Of course. You know what I mean? But like our, I had never really experienced that in my family. But anyway, I did not read it properly and I showed up overdressed, which became problematic. Did you have a thought no. about that? Sorry. Uh, which became problematic because I forgot that my cousin had asked us, he sent a group text to the men in the family asking to help move stuff out of his father, my uncle's apartment. Mm. So he's like, Do you, did you bring a change of clothes? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, shit. He's like, well, I can give you like a t-shirt or something. I was like, it's fine, whatever. But dude, cut to, oh, we're not boy. helping to move some furniture. We're moving my uncle's entire apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so i have to leave i have to leave hillary at the house and it was fine like i I've, i'm obviously happy to help it was like honestly like a pleasant activity all the guys getting together some camaraderie yeah. my dad and my cousin fucking barking at each other my dad's trying to like micromanage putting the stuff into the back of my cousin's truck my cousin's like it's my fucking truck <laughs> and then my cousin gave me a ride back he's like dude i just he's like it's my fucking truck dude i just hate when people try to tell me what to do i'm like dude that's fair yeah like my dad just like just like is controversial somehow he like ends up coming and starting trouble like whatever so that was like like you know little stuff like that happening but then dude there was one piece of furniture that was going into the house into my cousin's house my this is my other cousin yeah it was an armoire it was a okay. giant armoire. Yeah. We had to move it up the stairs. And oh, I was no. like, as long as I don't end up being the guy carrying the armoire up the stairs, I'll be fine. You know, we move these couches. All this stuff's going in the garbage eventually. Whatever. Not a big deal. It was still hot and we're all sweating. But we're helping out. This is what family are you doing. in? Are you still in a suit, pants, and a, and a white button down or something? Light blue button down. Oh, my God. Dude. I know. I know. So, dude, brutal. <laughs> but I, I should have remembered. You know, my fault. But so it was funny, we're, we get into, we're at the back of the house, I've helped quite a bit, so I'm kind of like, all right, I'm going to try to get away from the armoire, and I see my dad walk in with it, and he's like carrying it on his, like he's holding it with, with his hands behind him, and he's going to be the one leading up the stairs, Oh no! and he's struggling, and my, he, my dad's like lost a lot of weight lately, like he's looking good, like, but almost to the point where like he doesn't have enough mass on him, and he looked an like he was struggling, I'm like, I'm not going to let my fucking... I ain't going to let my old man do this, you yeah, know, type of yeah, thing. Yeah. So now I'm the fucking one carrying the armoire up the stairs. Yeah, and dude, I it. hear everybody in the room going, how the fuck did he end up being the one to do that? <laughs> like everyone knew that I would try to avoid being yeah. involved. But now I'm carrying this fucking armoire up the stairs, getting splinters in my hands, like battling. But yeah. I got it done, dude, and fucking felt a sense of gratification afterward. Do you think being helpful? That's amazing. And you do get big brownies points for that. Thank you. Thank Do you, you think it's harder to carry the, to be the guy at the front of the armoire or the guy in the back? I believe the stairs? I believe being the guy in the front, meaning the one leading it up the stairs, I think is more difficult. I agree. Because you're leaning down. I had to like try to push it upward. We fucked the wall up. Like, yeah, but the, the the it's more awkward. That's certainly true. Yes. But I do think that the person in the back typically carries the majority of the weight. Yes, yes, but like you said, the the awkward nature of having to like lean down and you're you're holding the top of the armoire with your fingers instead of having like a strong yeah, base from the bottom. Brutal. Um, it can be tough, but it's funny that it ended up be, being me doing it. Yeah. Also, I had to leave Hillary with my relatives for like two and a half hours by herself, which she ended up managing fine. But that is no like small task. No, that's a lot of work on her end too. My cousins are cool. I think, and and they all have kids who are cute. And she was like playing with the kids, hanging with my cousins. Like, nice. It's all good. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. My my weekend, everything. I'm, I'm still, I, I am troubled by the week that I spent in LA. 
and I don't mean to, I'm not going to return to this. I just want to tell you kind of some of the effects that it had on me. Okay. It shook my belief system. And what was your previous belief system? Well, I I guess I had this belief that if if you're I don't yeah, okay. So that if you did well and you worked hard and you succeeded, there would be opportunity in Los Angeles and you might you might end up spending some time out there, moving out there to you know, fulfill work right. and, and, and really get to the next level. You make it big, you move to LA, yeah. you rock out. And I, I I want nothing to do with that place. <laughs> and not only that, but it, 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 it sort of, um, I just remember coming home being like, I, I, I almost had a similar feeling that I do when I leave Las Vegas. Just um, total, just total like, disenchantment. Yeah. Um, bludgeoned by feeling, insincerity feeling and like, cultural differences. Yeah, and 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 I don't know, man. Let me tell you something. I'll 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 say this. You know, how women sometimes say like men are bad. <laughs> yeah. They're they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, men are bad. Did you have some like toxic masculinity runs in run-ins? Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Did you guys miss the memo? Did you hang in and around comedy when you were in LA? Not really. Okay. I I went to brunch with Beth Stelling. Oh yeah. And I love her. We love her. We love her. And she's great. But she also reinforced that sort of theory mm-hmm. and told me some stories about, you know, people that I was like, Jesus christ <laughs> stuff is going on and and i don't know man I, I i just you know let's put it this way i told some people that at that rehearsal dinner um that there were a bunch of you know beautiful people and then they were like did you bang anyone i'm like no i i live with my girlfriend they were like so what really and I'm like, what do you mean? So <laughs> it's just like the guys. Yeah, and it, it, they were. They were. Then they like gave me shit about it. Oh my god! F- throughout the day. Oh my god! And I'm like, well, I don't want to end up divorced. Like, I don't want to end up. I have different hopes for how my life looks in five to ten years. And also that's like people trying to reinforce their like journey into the dark side. Like the more people who are banging other people on trips, it makes them feel better about themselves for doing it. I guess that's it. Yeah. I just think that, I think that LA is a place where that there's not a lot of loyalty. There's not a lot of, it can be a lonely place if you're not popping. There's not a lot of ethics. And the thing too is it's so, kind of like it's such a gray area as to like what can make you successful and not like there's certain intangible things like hanging around being friends with the right people building relationships with with a group where things are happening and because of that you can get left in the dust by your own friends like people start hanging out with people who are better than you or they're better poised to make them successful and it it turns into that dude and that can be tough it is lonely a status measuring contest yeah every day and the things out there that i think los angelans how i say that um what do you mean uh, people who live in los angeles yeah i think that's right Los los angelinos los angelans people in los angeles the things that they believe confer status upon themselves are bullshit yeah the 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 sort of like i've got this i'm a member at this i we're having lunch here i know these people i know these people it happens in new york to a certain extent but in new york at 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 its core everything boils down to how much money are you making I think that's the that is the single thing that like people care about more than anything else. 
Mm, like interesting and, and everything's everything's an extension of that like how nice is your apartment what can you afford are you traveling to this place sure right but it's those hard, are all yeah. boiled back to are you able to afford it and there's an assumption a lot of the time more of an assumption i would say that the things people can afford here in new york they earned um right i'm kind of yeah i'm very confused mm-hmm. about what i'm doing and, and what i want and who deserves what weirdly mm. you know mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense yeah, I, I, I don't yeah, even yeah, really that. know how to describe it and i i thought maybe i could spill it out here on Here's, the podcast no, and get somewhere it. but i'm i'm kind of treading water and well tell me if this is right is it like people that you assume deserve things you're kind of like a like what even dictates whether or not someone deserves something and b i don't even want to be that person that i thought i wanted to be anymore i don't even look up to these same people i used to look up to because of some change in yeah, value and yeah belief system. that for sure yeah yeah it's tough dude i don't know of the people i've met in my life i don't know whose life i want to emulate right and i think dude the lesson is potentially you fucking things change dude like everything changes you're never going to be like i am certain this is what i want my life trajectory to be and this will be it like it can't it it's always going to change a little it's always going to evolve a little it's the same way like doing comedy like if you're not always doing the comedy those little nuanced evolutions you experience don't happen and that's why the pandemic was weird it's like you go back to doing comedy after a year after having not done it and you haven't had that little evolution Mm mm-hmm and you're kind of like, oh, fuck. Well, let me ask you this. Have I said this to you before? Uh, what? So one of the problems I've been facing lately is that a lot of the things that I want have become too expensive for me. Uh, I, you haven't expressed this to me. So, But, dude, before you get into this, I want to make one point that's okay. important here. Yeah. And that is that, and, and this is to what you just said, I miss the days where the thing that I wanted was just really fucking simple. Like, remember you're, ba- you're at one of your friend's houses at a barbecue, middle of the summer, you go in the fridge and you see one of those Stewart's, Stewart's sodas in the fridge? I didn't know if you were going to do an ad. <laughs> I didn't see this one coming. And I don't always know. I thought this was a very sincere, earnest point. Dude, it is, though. You see that Stewart's orange cream in the fridge? Yes, I do You remember seeing that. The root beer was my favorite. It was the most incredible feeling in the world. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so fun that uh, they have taken the essence of the Stewart soda and they have applied that to a delicious Stewart spiked seltzer, yeah. mm-hmm. which you can now enjoy in a variety of different states. It, Tell me about it. it well, exciting news. Uh, so currently it's only available in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Colorado. But in Q1 of 2022, it will be available everywhere oh. at some point. Breaking barriers. And that is very exciting. And dude, they have all the classic flavors. Classics. They have orange cream. They have black cherry. They have root beer. An homage. An homage. As you've pointed out mm-hmm. uh, to the things that we really enjoyed in our childhoods. Uh, and they've even added some new flavors, a raspberry lime, which is kind of like a more modern spin. Uh, and dude, it's great. It's light. It's not that heavy. It's healthy. 100 calories per can, zero to one grams per sugar of sugar per can, gluten-free, vegan, all that good stuff. Natural flavors, no artificial sweeteners. Amazing. Um, so we highly recommend that this summer uh, you go out and get yourself some Stuart Spike Seltzer. If you Grab can. a can and have a time. It's really going to be a lovely time for you. We nice. highly recommend it. So get in there. Um, okay. So- All right. So let me try to rephrase what I was saying before you did so artfully did that <laughs> Stuart Spike Seltzer read. I, my, my, my desires have evolved faster than my income interesting so what are these uh these desires a house i went from wanting i went from wanting sneakers to wanting a house (laughs) so you're thinking about wanting a house the last and are you thinking of wanting like a country house or like just a house okay somewhere to escape to in the city the thing that's unusual i think for young people growing who come up in new york versus other places is that people here often buy their second home before they buy their first home. Right. And I've seen a number of my friends do that. And and for one, they do it because there is a a very good opportunity typically to rent 
their beach house or their escape house for let's say the month of July right. and pay like 80% of your yearly mortgage. That's how high yeah. rental yields are in the Hamptons, yes. in the Hudson River Valley. And then you, yeah, you suck it up. You don't have it for the the, the one month that you really probably want it the most. But whatever, no. But you've got it for August, August is better. through October. Yeah. And then you go up in the winter and you get in front of a fire and it's cozy. And then, and then you come at, back in the spring and stuff like that. And you've got plenty of great months to enjoy it if you're just willing to let some nice family come in and stay totally. there for the month of July. Totally. So, uh, a lot of people do that. A lot of people I know have done that. They've they've bought it almost as like an investment. It's almost like a half investment, yeah. half personal use property. Um, We've been talking about this too, by the way, Hillary and I. You guys are talking about buying a place. It's Hillary and me. Uh, we have we have talked about this idea that you have, which is like w- that would be what we would potentially want to buy first when that day comes. Yeah. Um, yeah but so why is it so stressful just because of like how unaffordable that seems at the moment yeah, man my my tastes yeah. are far my appetite is far hungrier than my stomach's bandwidth mm, mm. does that make sense yeah uh i what i want is in keeping with what my friends have and my friends are all very successful yeah. in finance. That's a disadvantage that you have. Your tight circle is just like wildly successful financially. That is, <laughs> I've, I've said this before, I am unfortunately the, the, the least financially successful person at my 10-year reunion. The runt of the litter. That's the problem with, with being a Harvard guy is is you go to your 10-year reunion or whatever and it's you're in a corner with a couple random people who were idealistic and went into the peace corps or started mm-hmm. like nonprofits <laughs> and then junkies <laughs> who fell prey to drugs and have been in and out of Betty Ford centers right uh and and then me <laughs> a dreamer and the thing is dude who became the, a comedian the the allure of sort of the choice to become the comedian it has different waves where like you can benefit and not benefit from it so for example when you're in your 20s and you're doing it, like it's it's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So the coolness factor sort of offsets the fact that you're not making as much money. Yeah. Because like your friends are grinding at their investment banking jobs and they're doing well, but they're mm-hmm. not like they're not happy. Making a couple hundred thousand, whatever. Maybe the guys who are crushing, crushing are making more, but like their lifestyle sucks and like you're equals. But now we're in our 30s and now things start to become more expensive and whatever. And now those guys sort of have the last laugh That's at, this, it. Mo- at you, this moment. You know what's cool? Being super fucking rich. Buying a house. Yeah. <laughs> Buying a house is cool. Buying a house. You is talk sick. about I talk about all those things in LA that confer status, right? Joining of this, whatever. None of that. Buying a house is cool. <laughs> Buying a house is fucking cool, man. Yeah. What an amazing achievement to buy a house. But dude, listen, you have a beautiful apartment. Like I, I, I would, I would encourage I, you not to get down on yourself about I this. I love where I live. And you're, I, you're really nitpicking at yourself. My desires have outpaced my earnings. So, and wh- I we can't can chalk stop. It. I cannot. So, I cannot reorient myself. So, but what if what if you kind of chalk it up to this? What if it's like a new thing to shoot for? If you're reorienting, like you said, you know. Like, this is a new goal. This is a new exciting thing to work towards, to dream about, to think about. You know, it's fun. That's, that's like, a nice thing to have to think about as opposed to being, like, how am I ever going to do it? Right? I don't know. Maybe so, that's so, what... so find a way to, t- to take a measured approach to it? Like, maybe. And not even measured. Just, like, fucking measured schmeasured, dude. Like, I want to <laughs> fucking have a nice house someday. You don't have to, like, start setting the specific... But like you can, you our, can do there's that another, too. There's two problems here. There's two okay. problems. One is my friends are all getting nice houses. Yeah. So it's in my face and it makes me feel like I should be there too. But what's wrong with going to just stay with them? Isn't that the best of both worlds? You'd rather have your own spot? When you go as a guest, first of all, all the conversations that we've had and all the advice I've given on being a good host mm-hmm. makes me very, very self-conscious about how I am as a guest. <laughs> Dude, that's the equivalent of like when you're a comedian, you talk a bunch of shit and like completely ruins your process on how to like do yeah. your jokes because you are so judgmental of others. Yeah. Dude, that's hilarious. Yeah. I I go to people's <laughs> houses and I, I probably overdo it in trying to be a good guest to the point where it's not 
pleasant to people. Um, <laughs> you know, you ever get in a fight with someone where you take your shoes off at the door and they're like, you don't have to take your shoes off. And you're like, I'm taking my shoes off. And then they're like, well, nobody else is taking their shoes off. And you're like, I don't care. That actually annoys me. And then you're the only person walking around barefoot or in socks at a party of people in shoes. I didn't know. One of my friends, one of my good friends does that because he has this adamant shoes off policy. And then when he comes over and he takes his shoes off, it annoys me because it's like, you're not in your fucking house, dude. Keep your fucking shoes on. Don't take, don't put your shit on me. You're not in your house right now. You know, you know that in Sweden and Denmark and, <laughs> and, and, and in, in Norway, they categorically remove their yeah, shoes. I do. I do know that. So why? Because of, sh- because of you. I, they, we should be more like them. Though. Why? You because can be however you want to be. they're gorgeous. They are gorgeous. That's true. And they can look great without their shoes on. And they have the highest functioning societies. Why do you take your shoes off? Because people... Or no, why do you keep your shoes on? Excuse I don't know. I, I, are you I, more comfortable? I don't feel strongly about it until somebody starts telling me that I should be taking my shoes off in my own apartment. So it's just a, a liberty thing. It's just a I don't give a shit thing. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trudging through the mud all day. Like, I don't have any issue with people having shoes on in the house. Like, it just doesn't bother me. We'll vacuum. There is more stuff that comes in on the soles of those strangers' feet than you would think. I understand that, and it doesn't bother me. They stepped in shit at some point, and the shit is still maybe sort of on their shoes. I don't care. Yeah, little little fecal trails, and filaments. Dude, to be honest, I typically, at some point, will take my shoes off when I'm in the house. I get more comfortable. Maybe not way. right away, but I will. I Let t- the I don't dogs walk breathe. Julio. <laughs> Let them breathe. Wiggle your toes. How nice is it to wiggle your toes? It's nice to wiggle the toes. On a Wiggly carpet? On a shag carpet? <laughs> Dig your toes in like a like you're resting your feet on the back of a Labrador retriever? Dude, it's 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 all great. And I I agree that's a nice that's a nice vision and that's a nice the the Labrador feet sinking in thing. It's beautiful. All I'm saying is we don't have this strict policy and when someone else tries to enact their strict policy on me in my house, it annoys me. Uh Shoes off, right? No, I didn't say that. But you can take them off. Go ahead, take them off. So they, you don't like people putting that on you. If it's in my house. What if someone said to you when you went to their house, would you mind taking your shoes off? Of course not. I take them off right away. It's your house. You don't don't hold that against them. Never. I take my shoes off your house. I don't care. My friend who's annoying about it, I go to his house. It's his house. I take my shoes off. Mm -hmm. If I forget, that's a dick move on my part. I hate when people are disrespectful of other people's shit. This isn't your place, dude. Do mm-hmm. what the other person says. Mm-hmm. If you have a problem with it, don't go there. That's right. Right? Wow. That's fair. That's laying down the law from Julia. I think that's fair, dude. I like that. I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Touche. Touche. Despite feeling somewhat disillusioned, I am comfortable in my bird dogs. <laughs> could be worse. It could be much worse. I could not be wearing bird dogs, and then I would be... 10 times less happy well dude i'll tell you what though you know not to put i guess to play devil's advocate here if you were not wearing bird dogs perhaps you would be so uncomfortable that all you would be thinking about is how uncomfortable you are yes (laughs) and that would make me stop worrying about my future and the lack of belief (laughs) that i have in what i'm doing you are so physically comfortable that it is allowing you the novelty of being able to contemplate your future so I guess it's a trade-off. It's like physical discomfort, but distraction from the voices in my head versus complete and utter comfort, which gives me the mind space to ruminate and spiral on these right. bigger life issues. Right. I mean, dude, yeah, it's it's called the bird dog's paradox. The bear, the old bird dog's paradox. You're so comfortable that you're able to think about your future and mortality and some of life's most difficult questions. Yeah. But however, you are comfortably <laughs> laying in a hammock or jumping in a pool or doing whatever you can do because you can do anything in a pair of bird dogs. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's worth trying. See what works for you uh, if, if you're more of a comfort person, which I suspect you are. So go to birddogs.com. <laughs> use promo code OOPS. You'll get something. <laughs> say it every week. We don't know what it is, but you're going to get something with those sick bird dog shorts get them today birddogs.com dude okay so i have a since we're talking about pet peeves i have a good one mm. i hate when i do a comedy show and someone comes up to me after to tell me how great i was and then they immediately start telling me where i fall in their ranking of who was the best on the show you were so great our favorite person was this person but you were probably our second or third favorite what if they tell you that you were their favorite that's great 
and then list the other people. Don't yeah, don't like give me a compliment and then like be condescending. Uh-huh. Fuck your opinion. If you think I'm great, that's really nice of you. Thank what you so much say, for sharing. What if they say we liked you? We also liked this person. That's that's fine. That doesn't we, take we away. We loved from your you and Francis is fine. We loved you. Francis was our favorite. Francis was number one, <laughs> but you were our second favorite. That's just fucking rude, dude. Like, stop being so comfortable with me. Like, you're you're taking it. You're taking advantage of the fact that I was really uh, receptive to you coming up and talking to me, uh-huh. which you should be. I'm, of course. Like, I don't think I'm shit. Like, you can come talk to me. Tell me whatever you want. But I would never like. Why is that acceptable? That would me be being like, dude. I think you're hot, man. So and so is way hotter. Mm, mm-hmm. But you're like, um, if you like work on your body a bit more, like you'll be, <laughs> you'll be as hot as him. Like that's un- incredibly insulting. That's funny, and, and it's the same. Concept. It does. It does happen too. All this the has time happened to me. A this lot. This happens all the time. Yeah. People are drunk. They come up to you after the show. You were great. Thank you so much. That's so fucking nice. What's your name? Nice to meet you. Blah blah blah. Don't start then telling me how I need to fix myself. You you don't have the right to do that. I've had people come up to me and straight up tell me which jokes of mine they didn't like. Yeah. That's that is just that's blatantly uncalled for. But like that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that I've had that. That comfort. And then and then I had one I had a woman come up to me at a show in Providence. Rhode Island. I'll never forget it. I did my act and then she came up after and she was dating a kid that I knew from high school who I had not seen in 12 or 13 years and was so happy to see him said hi nice conversation he introduced me to this this woman and then she said i just want to i have i have a couple thoughts do you oh, want to hear them god and i go i'm a, i'm sorry i i don't like i <laughs> I, I i'm working on stuff and and you know <laughs> i have a process and and respectfully like it's it's more helpful for me to kind of work through it on my own so it's very polite but she didn't expect me to say no i don't want to hear them right and so she wasn't what she was going to tell me one way or another oh god and she goes okay but <laughs> and i go no i i, I, oh I, I, I i'm gonna stop you because no 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 i i can't i can't take a note from like a non-comedian it's just something weird about me I, i'm sorry i'm just very territorial about my my material and um I, I, i'm working through I'm it working, you said so is, many valid reasons for her yeah, to stop like i just you know and, and she goes okay but don't you think that like in this moment some of those jokes are not a good idea Oh, and now I'm like, Ugh, I have to hear what the fuck she means by that, right? Because I don't under, I don't know what that means, and it'll eat it. And you. now I need to know. Oh God! So she basically dangled this incredibly vague bait in front of me, made me bite, Ugh. and then just hauled me in. Ugh. And it was about you know, I think. Oh, you know what it was? You can imagine it was about your article about the dead girl. <laughs> imagine. Well, dude, so 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 what it was, I do remember, it was the I think the state of Alabama had just passed or or had just voted against like abortions or something. Something really like that. big. It yeah. was a big headline, it was a big moment and people were very obviously polarized. I did not touch that in my act right of course mm-hmm. um but i might have done something about like becoming an uncle or a baby babies but not i never i didn't say the word abortion i would not i don't do abortion jokes uh and i remember also, if you wanted to you can no i know but like yeah i know, I know. but but for her to trace what i had said to that I think because that was her connection. Okay, was like doing you know bits about in this sensitive time or becoming an uncle, not being ready to have children, whatever it was, and it wasn't even super offensive stuff. Um, that was where she was like, "You should have read that headline and known that that was this was not a good, not the time for that." Right. 
And I'm like, listen, if <laughs> I'm not going through the fucking New York Times on a daily basis, checking to see if something is now out of bounds in my act because of a recent development in, right. you know, like what can I not do? A presidential assassination joke because the president of Haiti was just killed. Like, did you say it to her? I didn't say it to her, but I said I I, I didn't back down from my side, which was basically like, look, I I'm a I'm I'm sorry if you didn't like a joke that I told. I do my best. Uh, it seemed like the majority of the people here had a pretty good time, and um, meanwhile, by the way, her her boyfriend. Is, is like gently pulling at her oh, arm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's nice to see. And being, he's aware. He's he aware. Like this, we don't do this. This is not a good look for us. And she won't move. Stand down, babe. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's like this is her moment. She is standing up for whatever. And oh, God, dude, I'm like, my God, just let me get out of here. Uh and I'll never forget it. I mean, I just, I'm, obviously, I walked out of there with a bad taste yeah. in my mouth. And you fucked up by like engaging her in conversation. I but at tried that point, not I know, to. dude, I know. You tried so hard. You tried twice and gave different examples as to why you didn't want to have this conversation. I put it on me. I know. But then, you, dude, you, you did a great job. I can't believe, you know, I probably would have just immediately been like, sure, and then bitched about it for five years. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, you really made a, a really good effort to avoid it and still. And now all of a sudden you're in this, you're defending yourself to some fucking idiot. Yeah. Look, here's the thing that I think people don't really understand is that when, when, when comedians are up on stage, especially when you're doing an hour or whatever, we, we know that not everything that we said was funny. Mm -hmm. We know it wasn't perfect. Right. Okay. So we're not we're not defending 100% of the stuff we said. We're not planning to unless unless you're like 2 weeks away from a special. But we're not planning to keep 100% of the jokes that we told that night totally. for the next city. Totally. Totally. So you coming up to tell us you should change this or I didn't like this or this didn't work. <laughs> we know. We know some of the time. Even if you have the best feedback we probably know you not laughing told us that and that's helpful yeah we we record our sets and we go back and listen or watch and we find those moments and we say i've got to change that and that's great feedback Mm. but coming up to us after the show and telling us personally you can't tell this joke because of what is going on in alabama it just makes me want to tell a joke harder about it. Right. It just makes me want to be a child, a petulant, vengeful child in the down. next city. <laughs> and be like, fuck you for telling me what I can and cannot say. Who are you? You're not the fucking sensory board. The mayor of comedy. Yeah, you're not. Fuck off. You don't know anything about what I'm doing or what's going on in my head up there. So I know that comedians get into this sort of weird first amendment defense all the time <laughs> and i'm sorry to but <laughs> it's all right dude i don't know stuff i'm going on i'm going on the road to indianapolis exciting what are the those dates again july 27th to the 29th 27th coming to the right 29th? up what next what, week what days are those? because i think the 20 that tuesday through thursday no no sorry so it, it must be the 29th, 29th through the, the 31st, 31st. Cool. July twenty ninth to the thirty first. What club? Helium. Awesome. So okay. come come to go to FrancisEllis.com and get those tickets for Helium because that is gonna be fun. And I'm gonna be at the Miami improv those same dates. Oh uh, with Ricky Velez. Um he's getting ready to do his little special. Uh, not a little special, HBO special. So I've been doing those dates with him. Uh awesome. and that's gonna be really fun. So if you guys are in Miami, come check that out. Well, I guess that's it, Francis. You got anything else uh, you want to tell the people? No, no, I don't. I've dumped a lot on us. <laughs> Dude, good. We love a good dump. I enjoy the people that I work with out in LA, and I wasn't referring to them. I think I'm just referring to everyone else I met out there. <laughs> <laughs> I need, to, need to clarify that. Um, well... Dude, I mean, we love all of our listeners. We love you guys for engaging with us. Um, you've sent us a bunch of really good emails. 
and we're really excited to kind of get through them um, when we do. Uh, but thank you for hitting us up, letting us know what you think, and uh, being part of our community. Um, we really enjoy doing this, so thank you. Um, I'm at Not Julio. He's at Francis C. C. Ellis. If you haven't already signed up for his Patreon, um, my travel series is has gotten off the ground. I'm going to try to put them out as regularly as possible. I'm going to try for once every once a week, but that might be uh, overly ambitious. So if it ends up being once every two weeks, don't be mad at me, but uh, you, you'll see those when I put them out. And I think that's it. Thanks, guys.